Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, hey, Waffle Gang, I do hope you are well. My name is Mark, and today we're checking out some more relationship stories. And if you do love a Reddit story, why not consider hitting that like, subscribe, maybe that notification bell too. And let's crack on with today's first story. And our first story comes from the MIA Health subreddit asking MIA Health for not forgiving my stepsister for crashing my car. My stepsister, female 21, crashed my female 18 new car after I told her she couldn't use it again. My stepsister named Paula had two cars, both she got from her mum and dad, and she destroyed both of them within months after she got them. My mum and her dad got married when I was 11, after my dad died three years prior. I had a hard time accepting her dad and her, but in the end, I got used to it, and we have a solid relationship, at least her dad and me. Paula got her first car when she was just 17, just after she got her license, and it was an older Audi she got from her dad wasn't the nicest car but a good start. She didn't like the car but it was better than nothing so she used it. But after four months she crashed it into my mum's car as she was coming back from a party. The second car she had she got last year for Christmas. My mum and dad bought it for her but guess what? She drove it into a river on New Year's because she forgot to put the handbrake on. My mum and her dad were furious but she didn't care. She said she would just buy a new car and they should chill out. She moved out afterwards to her own apartment. So, I just bought myself my dream car, a Mini Cooper 2014. I did years saving for it. My stepsister visited two weeks ago over the weekend while I was at my grandparents' house, so she thought she could use my car while I was gone and drove shopping with it. As I got home, I saw a huge scratch at the back. I asked my mum how it got there and she was clueless. She didn't know Paula took the car while they were sleeping. Paula, looking all innocent, said she took the car on a little shopping tour because I wasn't using it. I was so angry at her and said if she ever uses my car again without my okay, I'd kick her ass to the moon and back. She said she was sorry that some idiot did it and it was not her. When I was coming home today, I saw my car crashed into the wall in front of our house and Paula, my mum and her dad standing beside it. I was furious. I asked what happened and my car was in the wall. Paula said she accidentally crashed it because she wanted to drive to the nail salon and she confused the front and reverse gears. I exploded. I screamed at her that I wanted her to pay for the car and that she was a horrible person because she didn't even look guilty for destroying my car and she should never drive a car again in her life because all she does is cause accidents. I stormed away and locked myself in my room. Her dad said that I should forgive her and that it was an accident but we were sisters. I was shocked and so disappointed in my mum because she said nothing against it. I said that she wasn't my sister and I would never forgive her and that I would move to my grandparents and that she better pay for my car or I would sue her. He said that I was a brat talking to them like that and not forgiving her would make me a bad human being. So, am I the a-hole for not forgiving her? An OP responded to someone in the comments and says she got her license after her third try and almost got it withdrawn for speeding, but my uncle works at the police station, so she always gets out of trouble. 
I'm going to go to the police tomorrow and hopefully all goes well. She got the keys from my room. I have a key holder there, so she just grabbed them while I was gone. And it's just one of those situations. It's not borrowing, it's theft. You didn't have permission to take the car. You took it anyway, twice, damaged the car both times. And we're seeing the the behavior being enabled. You know, you should forgive her. You're a bad human being if you don't forgive her. I mean, what the hell is that about? But I do wonder what else is going on to crash that many cars. In the first one where it said, she, you know, she was coming back from a party and she crashed into your mum's car. I thought, she'd been drinking or something like that? She sounds like a danger to people at this point. The way the story's reading out. But Sage Green says, not the a-hole. She stole your car, drove it, then wrecked it. She did not have your permission to use it. Therefore, it was stolen. Personally, I've reported to the police and press charges. If that doesn't get her attention, then I'm afraid nothing will. The facts are clear. No permission to use it, plus person uses it anyway, equals theft of the car. Sir Ed Callot says, and replies to it and says, yep, this. Plus, Opie's insurance rates will go up if it's an accident Opie allowed. Call the police and report it as unauthorized use of the car. Call insurance and make sure they know that the driver was explicitly prohibited from using the car. Take the payout from the insurance and buy a new car. Stepsister can then deal with the insurance companies, collecting from her or her insurance. If that means her rates go through the roof or she has legal problems, too effing bad. Not the a-hole. Squirrel to evil says not the a-hole. If you are 18, the car is in your name and you paid for it. Report it stolen. She needs to see consequences for her carelessness. Have a charge with theft and tell her you won't drop charges unless she pays up immediately and both your parents apologize to you. Then move to your grandparents as you can't trust any of them. Thro says, not the a-hole. She knew she wasn't allowed to drive your car and she stole it from you anyway. Call the police. Your stepsister's actions have consequences and she needs to deal with them. You have every right to expect her to pay you for the damages she did to your car. You can consider forgiving her after she makes it right by repaying you. Withholding forgiveness until she atones does not make you a bad person. Your stepdad is a major a-hole. I can see where your stepsister gets it from. And one more comment from TY who says not the a-hole. If you bought a car and someone else crashes it while driving without your permission, you can and should be mad. Your stepsister also needs a license taken away. She's going to get someone killed. I think you should consider filing a police report for stealing your car and her damages. If your mum and stepdad are getting her multiple cars and covering for her when she crashes her cars and yours, it's time to get out. They don't seem to care about your emotional or financial health. So then OP gives us an update which says, This morning I got a call from my stepdad saying Paula came crying and drunk driving in a car to them and begged them to try and change my mind on the police because she doesn't want to get into trouble. He said, if I go to the police, my uncle won't do anything for me and that I'm no longer welcome at home. I just got back from the police station and filed a report of theft and damage to property against Paula. Turned out, Paula and her dad called the police and said that I would frame her and that I crashed the car into the wall. So I'm on the way to a lawyer to help me with all of that. And I also called my insurance company and they said that would work on getting me the money I deserve. I'm now living at my grandparents' house and would distance myself from the rest for a while. Some of you had some questions about stuff, so I don't know why my mum didn't say anything against Paula, and her dad says she's normally very vocal on her bad driving skills. Paula got both cars bought for her because she doesn't have the money to buy one herself, but I had, so they only bought her the cars. When she crashed into my mum's car, she damaged only the right side of the car, so my mum wasn't that peed at her. Paula always got out of trouble because my uncle always got her out of it. She got her license after the third time trying, and only after my mum helped her out. 
She also got into an accident when she drove my mum's car and went to the hospital for a broken leg, but nothing really happened to the car. I will update when something happens and thank you for all the support in the comments. It helped a lot. Small update. Just found out that my stepsister tried to fight my mum after she contacted me and wanted me to come back home. She's in the hospital right now because Paula broke her nose. I'm now on my way to her and sees what kind of person she really is. Again, new update. Paula got arrested for stealing the car from a neighbor and my stepdad is not talking to my mum or me right now and my mum is thinking about getting a divorce. I don't really know what to say. I'm just overwhelmed with the situation right now. So yeah, I'm with you on that one. I don't really know what to say at the end of that either. And you know, she turned up drunk driving in this one. The first one, she came back from a party and crashed into your mum's car. So it's kind of pointing in the direction that this is alcohol related, right? And, and one commenter on that sort of agreed with that saying, because they were talking about the car going into the river and they went, car went into the river on New Year's. If alcohol wasn't a factor, I will eat my bra. And there was also a lot of talk in the comments about how casual the parents are about all this sort of drunk driving and crashing and stuff like that. But what do you guys make of this one? I'm honestly, my head, I just rub my head like, wow, what a situation. Let me know your thoughts down in the comments below and let's move on to another story. And this next story comes from the True Off My Chest subreddit from Significant Fruit 645 and says... My boyfriend got mad that I only spent $20 on him for a date. My 24 female went on a date with my boyfriend, 24 male, recently in celebration of our one-year anniversary. Money has been running tight recently since my boyfriend was fired from his job, recently for showing up high. I knew he was really upset about the whole situation, so I wanted to cheer him up, and I thought taking him out to dinner for our one-year anniversary, which was coming up, was the perfect way to do so. I took my boyfriend to one of my favorite restaurants from my childhood. It wasn't a high-end restaurant because I make like one third of what he used to make, but nevertheless, he loved the interior design of the restaurant and the food. We were having a great time until the waitress came and told us our combined bill was going to be a little under $45 after tax and tip. My boyfriend looked at me weirdly, but I thought I imagined it, so I ignored him and paid the bill. After the waitress left to go get the box for our takeouts, he turned to me and asked, so that's how much you value our relationship after one whole year of being together. I was confused and he said, you only spent $40 on our one year anniversary date. I asked, what's wrong with that? And plus, the prices were printed on the menu. He said, you were supposed to pay. Why would I have looked at the prices? And every time we went out, I always spend hundreds of dollars on you. I didn't respond because I didn't want to cause a scene. And he raised his voice and said, I see how it is. I'm only worth $20 to you. Then he left the table and told me I can take an Uber home. I feel really bad and I apologize many times, but he's still mad at me. Understandably, the things have been awkward. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. 
LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quid. Oh, my word. And I got to say, it hurt at the end there that you said that was understandable and you was apologizing to him the way he acted shitty at that table this dude was irresponsible enough to turn up at his workplace hi just abandons you at the restaurant and tells you to find your own way home i'd have been finding myself somewhere else that's away from him to be quite honest screw that attitude i got a little story about someone who turned up at, um like as a temp hi at our workplace as well even when in the toilets and smokers <laughs> i'll tell you that one at the end but we're going to start off with the Sid who says your last line almost broke my heart. He has no reason to be mad at you, let alone understandably. I've been married for eight years and I wouldn't care if we went to the local taqueria, is it? <laughs> for Taco Tuesday, dollar tacos. It's not about the meal, but the time you spend together. Bitching you at a restaurant as a punishment for you not paying enough for his dinner is a huge red flag. Not to mention his decision making ability that not only had him show up high to work, but so high that they could tell and fire him. Just ask yourself if you want to be walking on eggshells to avoid getting stranded by him when every guy are out together if you say the wrong word or do the wrong thing. Frank says, so he gets fired for going to work high. Isn't currently working, your finances are tight, yet you still decided to spend $50 on an anniversary night, but I'm guessing that amount of cash is a hell of a lot right now. Sorry, but he sounds like an unappreciative ass. AA599 says, you apologized. And I guess since he's got no job, you're now buying his drugs too. OFC responds to that and says, Most of the comments here are very good, but this one here is on point. I'm not normally one to suggest breaking up slash divorce on these type of posts, but I really think you need to evaluate the last year you spent with this guy. You are supporting and enabling destructive behavior and getting emotionally abused by this guy. You celebrated your anniversary with him, paid the bill, and he still dumped you at the restaurant to make your own way home. Please ask yourself if this is any way normal behavior in your relationship. I'm not going to belabor the drug use. It speaks for itself in this case. You are not married to him, thankfully, and I'm going to presume no children, hopefully. My advice is for you to look back at the past year and decide if this is what you really want for yourself. It is true that people can change, but not always, and often not for the better. I certainly hope for the best for you. And one more comment from Interesting Lucky who says, OP, there are enough flags here in your post for a Chinese parade. How he lost his well-paying job. How he looks at money as keeping score. How he made a scene on an occasion you put effort into. How he had you take your own ride home for crying out loud. And your response to apologize is not the way to look at this. He's the one who should be apologizing. So then OP comes back into the post and says, first off, I just want to thank everyone for the overwhelming amount of support and private messages. I've read them all. 
that warms my heart how caring internet strangers can be. I just ended my relationship with my boyfriend. I try to keep this post as short as possible and try to refrain my emotions from seeping through. I can forgive him for showing up high at work and losing his job. Everyone makes mistakes, but recently he's made it real clear that he won't be trying to find another job in the near future. So I know our relationship isn't going to be sustainable. Also, I'm not a drug user myself, but I've always been okay with him using it from time to time. But recently, all he does is get himself high in front of the television and he stopped taking care of himself. And I'm really, really scared for him. I'm scared his body can't handle it. He's still icy with me about our last date and probably because the drugs cloud his mind. And we haven't really had a real conversation since then. I decided to formally end things and I phoned his parents and told them about his condition. And right now, he's living with them and I hope they can help him better than I can. Now, what do you guys make of this situation? Let me know your thoughts down in the comments below. But before we do move on, as I said, I was going to tell you a little bit of something that happened at my workplace a while back. I can't remember how many years ago it was now. Let's say about seven, eight years ago, something like that. And at the time, I was working in like a warehouse environment. It was like an insurance company for sofas and they done they sold products that repair sofas and they had whole sofas come in when someone was damaged. Remember, I told you guys about the phone call with the insurance and onboarding to the company, you had to go and sit on the phones with someone who's taking like the insurance phone calls. And someone explained about <laughs> how they was getting whipped and they whipped the sofa. Funniest thing ever. But yeah, I was working in the, the warehouse at the time and it was a particularly busy time. I think it was like stock take and stuff like that. So occasionally the, the company would hire temporary workers. And sometimes they'd come in and they'd be absolutely golden, you know, real good. There was a couple that I really get on with. I still play games with them to this day, to be quite honest. But there's some others who just, <laughs> the only way I can explain it is they literally don't give a shit. <laughs> And in some ways, you sort of look at it and you think, oh, they don't get paid much, so why would you give a shit? But anyway, regardless of that, over the space of four weeks, we, <laughs> we had these two guys come in. And they were right at first, and they, they were getting on. I know what it was. They had to take, like, staples out of paper so it could go for a shredder. And it was, like, boxes and boxes of archiving. And one day, I was just walking down the warehouse, and I could hear a noise. And it was like, you know, typical storing. I couldn't work out where it was coming from. And I was looking around as well. So I was thinking, where the bloody hell is he? And I eventually found him, one of them. He was in the racking, under the racking, and he had made himself a bed on a brand new sofa, still wrapped up. I was like, oh my God. And apparently he was seen on the camera, so we never saw him again. And also another time, <laughs> it's mad, isn't it? Another time was in the warehouse and there's like a little toilet, it's a tiny little room, like a little cupboard basically with a toilet in there. You could smell weed halfway across the warehouse. <laughs> and I'm not joking. You walk down there and you could see the toilet cubicle. And from underneath, you could see smoke <laughs> coming through the gaps in the door. And I mean, the exit to outside was literally about 10 feet away from him. He could have stood outside and done that quietly behind the bin or, or hidden around the corner or something like that. What goes through your mind to think, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go hide in the toilet and do it in there. Holy moly. That warehouse was a wild place. There's some stories there, isn't there? If you ever want to hear the whipping story again, I'll be happy to tell it as well. That was the funniest phone call I've ever heard. Actually, you know what, sod it, I'm going to tell it again. So as I said, <laughs> when I joined this company, there was an onboarding process and you had to go through different departments to try out what they're doing, basically. So in this one, it was a call center where they accepted calls about damaged furniture because they had protection insurance on it. There's about 40 people in this, all with little headsets on doing various phone calls and there's a big screen up saying how many's in the queue and all this and how long they've been waiting 
and I was assigned to one of the the call center workers there. I call him Jim. Jim was a great guy and he sat me down. He got me my own little headset. I didn't have to talk or anything. I just basically had to listen into the kind of conversations they get. And I was there for basically half a day. First conversations we received were, you know, your fairly standard stuff. There's a little rip in the sofa. There's, um, you know, the sofa's wearing away or something like that. So they would send out, you know, a little repair kit so they could try it themselves before they send out an operator. And if that don't work, then they replace the part. But <laughs> my last call of the day... And apparently, according to Jim, this wasn't normal. This is the first he had it as well. Just typical on my day, right? This woman phones up and she's telling us about her leather sofa and how it's got a rip in it. And so Jim starts going through the process, asking, you know, the scripted questions. How did that happen? And she's like, oh, and Jim continues down this questioning route. And you can hear her getting more and more agitated at the same time. Jim was asking the question of, how the sofa was damaged and she was trying to avoid the question really just saying you know it, it got damaged by such and such and kept on making up various different little excuses but jim kept asking questions about that like hey, how exactly did it happen blah 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 and during this time you can hear her getting more and more agitated i'm sat there my eyes are getting bigger i'm thinking oh my god she's gonna explode in a minute jim sat there though he's unfazed he's just looking at his screen all calm as you like and i'm thinking oh no this woman's gonna go so Jim comes out with a question, you know, we can't move on until we establish how this damage has happened because then that's how we can, you know, potentially repair it or fix it before we go to replacing it. She says, I just want you to replace the thing. There's no way you can repair this. There's a leather sofa with a big rip in the cushion now. Jim calmly, but I can guarantee you, <laughs> is winding this woman up says oh we really need to establish why and then she explodes she goes well my husband was bent over the sofa and i was whipping him and i missed the sofa and <laughs> hit it and hit the sofa and put a big tear down the cushion i was sat there looking at jim my eyebrows were raised i was like oh boy jim was just sort of stood there i could see his eyes slowly closed while he's trying to compose himself here and, you know, I can't really remember the rest of the conversation because I really couldn't wait to get back down into the warehouse and tell everyone what the hell just happened in my life. <laughs> you probably won't want to picture this story with me, but I just got this, <laughs> this image of uh, <laughs> two people stood there. This poor bloke stood up, bent over his sofa and <laughs> his girlfriend or his wife misses it, hits the sofa and they think, oh shit, what am I going to tell the insurance company? Oh boy, I absolutely love that story. That's always one of my go-tos. You know, no hate if you're into a bit of whipping or anything like that, but don't do it over your leather sofa. Learn the lesson. <laughs> anyway, what do you guys make of today's collection of stories? A huge thank you for being here today. Oh God. And just a huge thank you. And I will see you in the next one. Take care and much love. Then along came a time when you crushed my dreams Oh yeah, you played me like a fool When you made me believe that the line between love Wasn't thick enough to read Oh yeah, you see we in the spare crime everywhere You're selling false hope Cause you just don't care Nah, uh, you just don't care